In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in August of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. Hello, Mickey Weems. Aloha. Aloha. How are you feeling physically right now? Physically, my lungs are giving me a little bit of a problem. Um, the weekend has worn off. <laughs> so yeah. all of that is happening. I have a bit of a headache. But overall, not bad for a Tuesday. Uh, so let me ask you, when you say, so you have let us know before that the the cancer has is making itself known in your lungs. Right. Do you feel like uh, you just get tired more easily or are you actually laboring? Sometimes laboring. Mm. If I, well, I have to be real careful about how I sleep, but this has been true for years. I mean, it might be cancer related. It might be something else. Um, originally, I thought it was sleep apnea. But the treatments for sleep apnea, the machine and everything, made things worse. I couldn't breathe with them. So I didn't even try them. Now I see this becoming coming back with a vengeance. And I'm pretty sure it's linked to the cancer because it's, it's in a form that's, that's novel to me. I don't have the words to describe medically what this is, but there are some people who have anxiety and they feel like they have to manufacture their breaths do you feel do you feel anxiety any um sometimes but i don't think that's it um okay i think that it's the cancer because when i was told that i had these masses of the cancer in my right uh lung everything clicked in i thought oh that's what's going on oh it made sense and I'm pretty attuned with my body. I can tell pretty much what's going on when it hurts. People have told me that people with cancer a lot of times do that, that we become so in tune with what's happening. We can tell you basically, oh, it's right here. It's over here. It's, I can feel it like increasing here, but over here, it's not that bad. So, yeah. So I, I think I think that is, has to do with my current physiology. Gotcha. You remarkably don't seem to have any anxiety over your current physiology. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> that's Mm-mm. that's amazing. That's why we're all here. <laughs> because uh, I feel like, well, I can't speak for our listeners, but I feel like I want me some of that. I want to, when I get toward my ending, I want to be able to say, meh, yeah, this is what's going on. I feel it. It's happening. That's a shame. That's awesome. You're right. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Donna, you have described me to the T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, you know? that's what's going on. Uh, how do you, how are you feeling emotionally? Emotionally? Been a bit of ups and downs because I've been, I've become a conduit for people who are in pain and I willingly do this and they come to me and they tell me their pain and I suffer with them. Oh, and it's extremely rewarding. Oh, extremely okay. rewarding. What does that look like? Um, 
sometimes it's a burden when I know I can't give them an, an answer. When, 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 they, when they, okay, so you're dying and you're on this border, what can you tell me to help me with this issue? And I tell them, all I can do is share your suffering with you. I have no answers. And I'm, I'm amazed. A lot of times that's the best thing I could say is <laughs> just, just to, to commiserate, just to, just, I guess, just so that they know that they're not alone and somebody hears them, which makes sense to me. So I, I can, at the very least, I can give that. So what I'm hearing is that because of your diagnosis, people you know are coming to you and telling and you their strangers. stories. Perfect strangers are coming up and telling me their stories. The, do Some, those perfect strangers know of your diagnosis? A lot of times, yes, but not always. They'll just oh. come up and and I welcome every one of them. Do you feel like you are like the people who don't even know you, like you are more receptive because of your diagnosis? Like maybe this has always been happening, but you're more re receptive now? Perhaps. Um, I would like to think so. But something did happen. I had kind of an attack, uh, an emotional uh, meltdown of, of sorts, where I talked to Jared and I talked to my sister and I said, I feel like a phony. I don't feel like I deserve any, any, any of, because I'm in any of the attention. Uh, sometimes I feel like my cancer is not real and I'm faking the entire thing. I think that uh, Mickey is dying should actually be called Mickey ain't shit. And, and they helped me. They helped me get myself through that. Uh, and I realized after, after, after reflection that what's going on is I, um, I'm not used to the adulation. I'm not used to this, the, the, the celebrity aspect of this because there is a, a minor, you know, modest celebrity aspect of it. Uh, my sister told me, you have created this persona and you wanted this. Now you are seeing the fruits of it. I said, you're right. Uh, and it is a persona. But just because it's a persona does not mean that it's not based on truth. I'm presenting to the world this image of myself, which is in many ways accurate. So um, it's not based on lies. It's based on truth. But it is, it is drama. You know, it's dramatic. It's not a dramatization, but it's dramatic. And um, I think that, that, that I have to get used to it and understand that, what is it, the sardonic? That I don't let myself get caught up in it too much. That I realize this is a persona. This is a persona that I put on. This is a persona. Sometimes I take off and relax and listen to music or you know, act a fool or whatever. You know, go to the gym. Just um, like today, I went to the beach and swam, and nobody knew who I was, and it was great. <laughs> anyway, that. Uh, that's interesting that you say that. I mean, I guess we all walk around in various <clears throat> persona. Um, the, the aspect of persona, if you want to. The aspect of someone's character that is presented. Mm -hmm to or perceived by others so the yeah. persona can be involuntary it's it's what's perceived by others and brother that is what happened when you were just being honest on facebook and saying i'm imagining this cancer inside me as yellow lilies because that's the way i want to view this thing in my body and i that 
made me say, oh my God, that's an amazing thing that you're writing, which probably helped you to think, oh, I want to talk to Donna. And this is the genesis of this podcast. You weren't putting something on. I saw, you know, we see who you are right now. So I just, I just want to Okay. Clarify that the persona that you have on does not mean that you're trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes or create something. You're more, you're pulling layers back. You're peeling the onion. And I feel like, I feel like, do you feel like that, that we're just seeing more of inside you? Or do you feel like you're putting layers on? I feel like, honestly, um, I don't think I can detect the layers being pulled back. What I feel is I'm, I'm exploring and I'm finding all these new things, um, not necessarily only about myself, but about the universe in which I live. So I have not really thought about it as peeling back the, the layers of an onion. It's more like here is a new planet. With yeah, with with you in it, and any new circumstances that we uh, dive into, bring out different aspects of us. Let, let let me tell you what I'm thinking about while you're talking about this. That there's sure. this um there's this amazing book called the Book of Questions, and I used to bring it out during dinner parties all the time. And one of the questions in there is, if you could choose how to die, how you would die, how what would the circumstances be? And my, I jokingly said the first time I heard this question, the, the questions in this book are all imponderables like this. And my immediate response was naked because uh, as a plus size woman, I have always been uncomfortable with my body, but I thought in that, in that moment, I want to be, I could finally be free without worry of anything that comes after because there's not going to be an after for me. So I feel like what I have seen um, you post about and you, I've heard you talk about is naked. It's your naked. Hmm. And it, it's, it's, um, why bother putting on anything? Why bother figuratively putting on anything? Because you're not worried about what comes after here. You only want I to am, help. I am worried about what comes after here. As a I result want to of, make sure that when I get there, I'm as good as possible so I can be effective when I get there. So we've talked about this before, but do you feel mm -hmm. like that means my perception of what you're saying is that you feel that you need to be as honest as possible now. Yes. And as good as possible. And I have uh, good to find good, um, good to people, um, not getting angry with them, the things that I am really horrible at. <laughs> so I got a bit, I got a bit to go. Thank goodness. The doctors gave me more time. Have we ever talked about that? <laughs> We did. We talked about okay. that last yeah. time. Thank goodness, because uh, God, if I went right now, then not, I would probably be the janitor for the bodhisattvas to clean up because I wouldn't be allowed to be a bodhisattva myself. Okay. So I struggle with the word good because I grew up with the Judeo-Christian 
wasp definition of good, which I don't believe is necessarily the, you know, the end all be all about that. Uh, I, and I, I have to say, honestly, I feel like sometimes honesty is way more important than good. And um, when you <laughs> say sometimes you, you know, you're trying to be nice. And I know on this podcast, plenty of uh, examples of you monitoring yourself when I feel like the angst that you are feeling any kind of unevenness, disruption, fear, all of those things, that it would be good for you to share that as well, because we all need to be comfortable with the shadow within us. And you are in a great position to help us do that. Okay, I will do my best. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I believe that, uh, you know, you've shared so much with us that it is immensely valuable. And also, I want to make sure that you know that you can share fragility and weakness and just not knowing the answer and, you know, those things too. Well, I'll tell you what, let's jump right into the fire with this one. I do have a foot in both worlds, and that's becoming more and more obvious to me. All these spiritual things are happening that I really can't talk about because a lot of times the way the spirit world works, as I understand it, those things are private. Those things are meant for me and me alone. And if I every time I try to tell somebody what was happening, it, something gets lost in the translation. Unless they know me really well and know my history, it will not make sense to them. So I don't even bring it up. But some things have been happening in the spirit world that are just absolutely wonderful. On the other side, recently, some things have happened that have been not so wonderful, that the spirit world is not always just a place of light. It can be a place of, um, of terror. Honestly, I think that that's the word I would want to use, because um, I think that Donna Blanchard has experienced it from me. And that you know, talk about weak and talk about not knowing what to do. How do I handle it if my spirit goes and causes somebody distress and I don't even know it? So let's give them the scenario. Okay. Yeah. I, um, it's important to know that during this time I was dog sitting. I had a very sweet elder lady, yellow lab with me. I woke up in the middle of the night, um, in the wee hours of morning. And uh, I think it was 4am the first time. And I was having hateful, vengeful thoughts. Um, In particular, they were focused on two of my exes. And my one of my one of my more rational thoughts amongst all of this was these are not my thoughts. That message came to me very clearly. This is not me, but I could not get beyond it. And I lay there in bed trying to think of things that I'm grateful for. I tried to take deep breaths. I was also in full on panic attack, heart racing, feeling like I could not catch my breath, all, all of that. And I finally, after struggling with that for 
tens of minutes, I decided, okay, I can't make it go away. And I was, I was, I was in freeze. I wasn't in fight or flight. I was in freeze. I could not just get up and try to walk it off. I uh, thought I'm just going to indulge this. So I came up with a plan whereby I could exact horrible revenge on these two exes. And while I allowed myself to indulge it, I eventually had the thought, yeah, but I don't really want to hurt them. I harbor no ill will. And then I realized, that's me. I'm coming back. And we recorded this podcast the next day. And I, this recording may or may not ever be heard, uh, um, that recording, but I asked Mickey, since you feel like you are in one foot in each world right now, maybe you could tell me what this might've been. And honestly, I had recently that day, I brought home some furniture from someone I got from Facebook and some other people had advised me, Oh, if you bring home, anytime you bring a used possession, you have to bless it before you bring it into your house. And I was ready to go with that. And then Mickey said, what? Um, I listened to it. I listened to Donna describe when it happened. I listened particularly to the reaction of her dog, of the dog you were babysitting. Cause the yeah. dog was freaking out. The dog was yeah, I left that part out. The the throughout the next day, the dog was tore through my screen, was acting like someone was trying to kick her. And at that very pretty much at that very same time, I was having a psychotic episode brought on by some drugs that I was taking to help me urinate that were totally counterproductive. They caused me to get rashes, I was getting headaches. Um, they caused me, caused me to urinate when I didn't want to, of course, defecation was in there too. It was, it was a mess. It was, my body was getting messed with, and it was progressively getting worse that night. It it, it reached a peak because I was, I was actually texting my dear friend, Jared, and trying to drive him away, trying my best to just, just, uh, just being, being horrible to him. And I was thinking the same thoughts that Donna had, but finally, finally, when I, when I came, when I, when I got a hold of myself, I thought, this is not me. Where is this coming from? Why am I, why am I being this way? Then I made, okay, this is, this is all tracking with that new drug that I started about a month before. So um, I didn't, I knew nothing about what was happening with Donna, but then I, then I, I knew nothing it. about what was happening with you. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, okay, but, because Donna had mentioned, I believe you had, can we test this? Can yeah. we test this thing of the spirituality and see if we can get like, you know, proof? And I said, Donna, that's not a good idea. And I think, and I didn't realize that this was a possibility that it could lead to my spirit jumping over and inflicting itself on somebody else. So I honestly believe that's what happened. And Donna can verify it from an incident that had happened to her earlier with somebody else. Oh, yeah. I've had this is definitely going to be a two parter episode because we're we're at three minutes already now. Um, But I have had 
when friends of mine were in times of it, it's happened twice with me with uh, friends while they were in childbirth that I just knew the moment um, they needed me and I could, I woke up with all of the panic of the woman giving birth and breathed with her. It felt like I just, I just need to breathe with her and give her strength. And then later when I heard the birth story, oh yeah, at four o'clock I am, I was ready to give up. And then 4 a.m. I all of a sudden got all this energy and, you know. That was the pregnant woman. That was, yeah. I I, I have two of those stories that I, I called a friend out of the blue and said, how are you? Are you okay? And her husband answered the phone and said, well, she's in heavy labor right now that I had no business knowing about that moment so well obviously uh, you did <laughs> it, right i did I, so i yeah i've had those moments of um channeling that i never really took seriously and we laughed off like oh yeah donna you were the one there pushing for me blah blah but when this happened with you i thought oh nope there there's something real here and the second dis- incident is what really drove it home for me when um, we only have a minute left. So, oh my gosh, we're going to leave everybody hanging with this, but I'll, we'll talk about the second Wait incident. Yeah, I'll talk, I'll talk about the second incident and there's potentially been a third incident um, that we'll talk about uh, in the next episode. I, I hate it on TikTok when people say, oh, I'm going to have to go to another, but Frankly, those are only three minutes and <laughs> not not as big a deal. We're uh we're also gonna we're gonna pick up some other topics that are not as heavy uh in the next episode. Like Mickey just bought a new outfit and we're gonna talk about buying a new outfit when mm-hmm. you know you uh you're you're looking down months to to last and i as um someone who enjoys shopping yeah want to get into that conversation too but for now we have to go so thank you mickey thank you so much you're welcome aloha aloha i'm donna blanchard james charisma is our producer susan wright is our content advisor pr agent and support team member music generously donated by kainani kahaunaele from her hoku award-winning album waipunale we're all here to support our friend mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying